As parents of autistic kids, their beautiful brains amaze us every day. But this show is about our mental wellness. Hi, I'm Shani. And I'm Autumn. Together, we tackle the hard truths about parenting autism and how sometimes it can feel like we're drowning. In a puddle of our own tears. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to let you know we see you. We hear you. And And you you can can thrive underwater. The Thrive Underwater podcast is not a replacement for therapy, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are having a mental health emergency, please contact 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out to a local provider in your area. Hey there, parents. Just wanted to let you know that we do use spicy language, so you might want to prepare ahead. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. We are talking about some sensitive issues around relationships, so please keep that in mind. Also, if you feel that you are in a domestic violence situation in your relationship, please call 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Well, hey, everybody. This is Autumn. Hello. I'm Shani. And we're talking about love and marriage today. And Shani, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm skating on thin ice over here. <laughs> Worried you might stir up some trouble at home, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, me too. But this is a serious issue for most partnerships that are raising an autistic child. Yeah, I see it all the time, not only on a personal level, but with friends too. And, you know, marriage is just hard. It is. It's hard with or without kids. Mm -hmm. But for those with special needs kiddos like us, it presents a whole new set of challenges. Yeah, that's why we're talking about it, because all of us in relationships who are parents of autistic children, we're in the same boat. Absolutely. Yeah. We, We do not have the market cornered on being in perfect marriages. Speak for yourself. Me and my man got our shit together, girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's eye rolls going on over here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right, right. There we go. But seriously, you know, it's a big deal. And the sad part is, is some marriages really don't make it through this. Right. It really is. I mean, that the divorce rate is pretty high. Um, mm-hmm. Statistically, you know, we, uh, typical marriages are 50-50 and Marriages with kids with special needs are just at a higher level. I don't know if this is exact. I've heard somewhere 80%. That seems mm-hmm. that seems too high to me. It seems but, pretty high. Yeah. And, and by the way, it isn't the child's fault a marriage is struggling or ends. I mean, mm-hmm. most people don't realize how the marriage has taken a backseat to raising an autistic child until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and the le- level of need here is, is important to consider as well. Right. Um, it, it happens with parents raising typical kids too, but you know, for us, as with most things, it's just next level. Yeah. It, here's the thing. We have to take responsibility for our partnerships. And I think that starts with realizing that our partnership should be a priority. And that's hard. Um, our kids, they need a stable home environment. Um, I don't want to make like cast shade on those who are struggling. I mean, me too. We have our issues. And Shani, I know that everybody does and you're included. Um, but striving to put the partnership first, that's so important. It's essential. Yeah, I totally agree. 
And when you're raising an autistic child, the number of challenges can seem insurmountable at times. Mm. Um, and sometimes you're just tired, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. the truth. Like, um, I know. Again, it's not about what's wrong with our children. It's, it's, um, it's difficult to raise our, let's put it this way. It's difficult to raise our kids in a world not equipped for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we, we love them. Sure. Um, Of course. It just, it takes a lot of effort helping them through. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked about spoons before and having spoons left for our partners, you know, some days there just aren't any, they're gone. Right. And yeah, we're kind of only touching the surface of this ocean. It, it would take <laughs> us forever if we dove in too deep, you know? Oh, gosh. Um, but we are focusing on six areas. Um, and these are the areas where relationships can fall off the edge of the cruise ship into the water and then you're drowning. So uh, attachment styles, money, sex slash alone time. Um, parenting styles, running a household, and friendships. Mm-hmm. That's a good overview. And we're also going to provide some tools, of course, in the toolbox uh, segment that may help. And I would like to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, we're recording at home and both my boys are here. So if you hear things in the background, you know, <laughs> you might just have to <laughs> that's me, life right give me a that's break real, man <laughs> real life real life I mean I'm sure it's the same at my house I have these headphones on so I probably can't hear it but um you know I'm sure there's <laughs> I do actually did hear some singing a second ago but yeah exactly that's just we're doing the best that's we can. our life guys that's our life <laughs> all right it's time to dive in Ooh, all right let's go Halliard Productions proudly presents Out of the Blue, a story of two ladies meeting in an airport coffee shop. What happens when the country girl goes to the city and the city girl goes to the country? Will they find love? Tune in now and find out. Is there anyone sitting here? No. May I sit down? This airport coffee shop is packed. I guess so. Where are you headed? North Carolina. Well, that's funny. I live there. I'm heading to New York City. Oh, that's where I'm from. Well, how about that? Oh, my daddy died two months ago, and I'm fighting a big corporation to save the family horse farm. Well, I'm headed to North Carolina to hear my grandmother's will. I was the only grandchild. Never met her. Well, it seems we both are on an adventure, my friend. Now boarding flight 672 to North Carolina. That's my flight. Um, listen, I'm curious to see what happens with the farm. Want to exchange numbers? Oh, I'd love it. Can't wait to hear all about your adventures. Attachment styles. Shani, I think we could talk about this particular one all day long. We could. And it's important because it does encompass so much in a relationship. Yeah. And attachment styles, interestingly enough, they come from what we've personally seen in our childhoods. So we bring that into the marriage. 
um, the connections we witnessed between our parents and the way we were raised. And, you know, some of this comes from just personality traits. Yeah. Yeah. We all come into relationships uh, with preconceived notions, even if we're not aware of them. And those notions turn into expectations and affect the way we think about our partner and communicate with them. Um, and I, so I do think it's, it is really important to be aware of what your personal attachment style is because it does affect how you view another person's behavior and your own, by the way. So, mm. yeah. 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 And that takes a lot of courage. You're looking back on your life and trying to look at it as a witness to it. Yeah. And take on this investigative approach to see what did you experience and how can that be affecting your relationship today? Right. Absolutely. Science has shown us uh, there are specific attachment styles and people fit into one or more of these categories. So I'm going to talk really about the three main ones that were uh, kind of observed, um, which, and, and by the way, this is about like the adult attachment style in romantic mm -hmm. relationships. So maybe there's a slight difference in um, the childhood attachment styles, but you'll kind of see where this connects as I talk about it. So the uh, there's secure attachment, mm -hmm. there's avoidant attachment, and there's anxious attachment. And- okay. Secure is kind of this, you know, you're at ease with the idea of intimacy. You feel worthy of your pa mm. partner's love. You don't fear closeness or abandonment, right? Mm. Um, it's sort of like a balance. So you don't, you don't um, obsess over the relationship. There isn't a lot of, you know, concern about it. It just sort of like you kind of go with the flow of it. Not that there are no issues, sure. um, but your perception of it isn't um, super negative. Mm. And you don't fear closeness or abandonment. Okay. Mm. Um, you can effectively communicate your wants and needs. Uh, and you notice when your partner is distressed and you respond. Mm. Doesn't that sound ideal? It, <laughs> it's, right? That sounds like uh, here's perfect. Now let's and, move on. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and it's not. It's not. It's, it, yeah. I mean, secure, securely attached people definitely have their issues or they may at times feel rejected by their partner or they have conflict. It's just a different style of dealing with all those things. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Um, so yeah, let's talk about avoidant now. So okay. avoidant uh, style attachment is more like they, they uh, avoidant people really uh, value autonomy, right? They see intimacy more as a loss of independence. Um, so they, it's not that they don't want to be close. They do want closeness. They have the ability to attach, but they'll also at the same time minimize closeness. Okay. Because again, if it, um, if it means to them that it's sort of like a loss of independence, that they could be a little bit, you know, mm, they distance themselves. They minimize it. It's like, oh, this is kind of, you know, uh, impeding on my, on my independence. Hmm. Um, the usually the partner of somebody with an avoidant profile tends to feel distant from them and sometimes mm. rejected. Right. Mm. So, yeah. So that one's, it's a little bit of a, a tough kind of place to be. Now the, the, the third area is anxious attachment, anxious attached people. They, 
tend to crave intimacy, but they spend a lot of time worrying about the relationship. So it consumes a lot of their energy and focus. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of like, does, you know, does he or she love me? Uh, Like I love them. Um, And, you know, they probably have heard uh, you're, you're too needy or, you know, they can kind of scare people away sometimes. Um, Mm. So this is a basic overview of the three different styles and they probably sound somewhat, uh, these, it's not like strict, like you're either this or this, or you're this. I I was about to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there can be some overlap and Mm -hmm. by the way, context matters here. So like, yeah. You know, I can tell you just personally, uh, in my 20s, I was probably more on the anxious attached uh, kind of profile. Mm -hmm. But as I moved through life, got a lot of therapy, learned about all this stuff, really worked on it, looked, took a deep look at my own, you know, family attachment styles where I came from. And, you know, you kind of move more towards secure. Mm -hmm. Right. So it can change. um, Not a whole heck of a lot. And it's not like one is good and one is bad, or, you know, it's really just about understanding yourself. Sure. We would all like to be in the secure category, right? So we can drive to that and work toward it. So does all of that make sense? What what do you think? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And, um, I'm sitting here trying not to analyze myself. So, because we are recording a podcast and I need to stay on point. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm it's like, hard Ooh, I need to, to do that. Yeah. I need to go Google the test and see exactly yeah. where I am. But well, no, that's. And, yeah. And by the way, let me just throw in a resource uh, right now. So oh. there is a book called Attached, and we can put this in our show notes as well. So you can look it up. But they do have in the book Attached, they do have um, little, you know, quizzes and ways to see, you know, what, what, your, what your profile leans towards. Now I do want to, I want to say this really quickly is that, um, and I think we talk about this later on. I'm not really sure, but I want to say it here. Um, if you are the only one in the relationship working on your attachment style, you're working on yourself. It does work better if both of you are doing it, but personal growth is never a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Yep. Yeah. And, and I did learn a lot about myself when, uh, I was looking at this stuff and, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of room for growth in myself as well. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I mean, I'm going to be 50 in a couple of years. I don't have time to just like worry that I'm not perfect anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. time to grow. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, again, it, that is true that it's, it's not to say that you can't grow and learn. Um, you know, if you're, if you, you're feeling more negative about your relationship, about yourself, uh, these are things that you can absolutely look at patterns. I mean, this is again, you know, I've seen this play out in, um, therapy many Mm. times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this will at least help your vision clear. So there's that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. I I think we need to do a whole episode on attachment styles because yeah, for no other reason, I find it fascinating. Well, and there's also, um, you know, what we could bring into it next time is, is that there's also the attachment between parent uh, caregiver and child. 
So Ooh, yeah. that, mm. yeah, good that's stuff. A whole topic. Yep. Yeah. Yummy stuff for this armchair psychologist over here. and everybody right all of us i I hope so okay let's move to money money finances welcome to number two (laughs) oh yes you know this is a big deal because most of us don't have much money i mean let's face it raising an autistic child can be financially crippling unless you're independently wealthy Mm. there's that yeah sure right uh, and, but, you know, by the way, um, it, it, you're having to decide as a couple where your income is going. Mm. Um, this is, you know, it's so stressful, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the debate over whether this therapy is helping, or do we really need this supplement or that one, or is this, you know, like which approach, right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and does it cost money? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just on top of, you know, of, uh, just making ends meet. Yeah. And then there's arguments on, (laughs) we've had a couple of these, uh, why and where you spend your money personally. Like, um, why you always got to go to the coffee shop, Autumn? (laughs) Because, honey, I need some caffeine and a dopamine hit, honey. That's just (laughs) how it is. You know, seriously, my husband doesn't give me grief over the coffee shops because he knows me and he knows I need it. So that's, Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, that's one thing where I'm, I'm lucky as well. Like that's, that's one of the minor, more minor, (laughs) uh, you know, where our income is spent. That's not a need. That's not a want. That's a need. uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Basic needs. When we're putting it in basic needs, it's like, yeah, coffee is probably like the foundation. No, just kidding. Uh, It is (laughs) kidding. No, not really. Okay. So yeah, so but for some folks, look, I mean, this is this can be a big deal. Like some partners yeah. aren't are not willing to understand why you need to go out to the coffee shop, right? Or mm-hmm. get the new pair of shoes or a Disney Plus subscription or I, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, whatever and the list continues on forever. Yeah. yeah. Um. It and this is another area. It can be hard when only one parent can work. Mm. So. Talking about money, it it can be a communication meltdown. Yeah. yeah. So bad. Well, and so the way these conversations go, can you see how it can so much apply to the attachment styles? Yes, ma'am. Right? So it's like this emotional stuff can come up or there's, you know, there may even be some like past baggage around money Mm -hmm. and your style could determine how these conversations are going to go, your attachment mm-hmm. style, right? And, and you know, you talk about tone too in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you have these things going on inside of you and then they're going to come out in a specific tone that can be read correctly or incorrectly. Oh, yes. It can yeah. be a mess. Okay. So, so let me just get kind of give an example, right? So let's say you have somebody who's more um, anxiously attached. Right. And they mm-hmm. are with a partner who's more avoidant. And you say something like, honey, we need to, uh, look at our budget. You know, it's really, um, we need to talk. Okay. We need to talk coming from an anxious style to an avoidant. It's, it's such a cliche, but it's like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, avoidant person's like, oh, hell no. You know? And so, and, and, and seriously, what tends to happen, I'm not making fun of either one of these, right? Well, maybe I I am a little bit just to, but um, their physiology 
starts to go haywire inside. So mm. it's not really even a choice, mm-hmm. right? They get, they start to get the, the avoidance style starts to get kind of um, nervous and the heart rate goes up. And so it becomes less about needing to solve a problem and more about how are they communicating about this problem? Hmm. Right. Yeah. The, I can see the, Oh shit. Eyeballs right uh, now. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And so how can, you know, it's hard to communicate clearly when you're in that physiological, you know, elevated space. Yeah. And then you add that on top of the stress of everything else that's going right. on. That's right. And it can really be a powder keg just waiting to blow. Right. And I mean, you know, I don't know, do you, I don't know if this happens in your household. Uh, I, do you ever get a full conversation in with your partner? <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, it, yeah. but you know, I go to bed when my kid goes to bed because it's uh, uh, a news I'm, by that time I'm tired. Yeah. Um, so we, we squeak them in every now and then, but it's pretty much, Hey honey, we need to talk about X, Y, Z. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that. And then we don't talk about that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's just hard. hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're on touchy subjects, Shani, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holly Art Productions presents Out of the Blue, part two. Hey, Sally Ann, you wouldn't believe what happened. I got here and my grandmother split the will between me and this guy, Henry, that lives here. Apparently, he was like a grandson to her, and I have to live here for a whole month before he can buy me out. Oh, no. Well, let me tell you what's happening here. This guy, Tyler, he puts a slicker in city slickers trying to hoodwink me out of my land so they could put up a shopping mall. If I don't come up with the money in a month, they're going to take over the farm. Oh, no, Sally Ann, what are you going to do? I don't know, Tiffany, but I do know this. I'm not going to let some city boy win. And I'm not going to let some country boy win. Sex. Sex. Okay, moving on. (laughs) No, come on. We have to talk about it. Uh, It is an issue for many couples. Yeah, it is. And it, it goes, it goes hand in hand with something else. That's a huge problem for us. And that's alone time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Connection is important for a healthy sex life. And um, to have that connection, it's vital that a couple has time together. Even if it's just 10 minutes in the morning, drinking coffee, coffee again on the back porch (laughs) with no distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like distractions are part of this life. Um, like mm-hmm. we've said uh, this in past episode, episodes, uh, our protectiveness is on 11 most of the mm-hmm. time, you yep. know, so it can be hard to like fully concentrate on your partner. Oh, man. So, so hard. Um, and, you know, drinking a cup of coffee together is no big deal. You get distracted. But sex requires like really yeah. serious, not distracted alone time. Right, right. That knock on the door. Oh, no. Or the burst into the, what do you mean b- knock? Burst into the 
<laughs> oh God, no! Yeah. Tell me it hasn't happened. Uh, no, no. Well, no, not in our house, but but that's the fear, right? I yeah. mean, that's mm-hmm. like oh, not putting <laughs> um a timer on anything. But come on, five minutes—that's not long enough. Sorry, <laughs> no, no. So uh, I'll admit this. You know, when in in my marriage. When it's been a while, you know what I mean? It's It's been a while. Yeah. Um, it I can just tell. I mean, yeah. our partnership, our relationship, there's just a tension. Right. Yeah. And our, I mean, look, sex is so important for the relationship and our, our connection to one another. And especially for women, I mean, you know, sometimes this is a this is can be a general statement, but I do think I've seen it more in women and a, a lot of the literature out there kind of, you know, um, mm-hmm. testifies to this. But it does take time and the right mindset and a feeling mm-hmm. of trust and mm-hmm. relaxation. Right. Like yeah. the, it's almost like the elements have to be kind of right. It's relative. Sure. It's different. Sure. Uh, you know, there's kind mm-hmm. of a spectrum with this, too. But mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, I, I like to say, and I may cut this out of the podcast, so you listeners may never hear this part, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> or you may, but I say foreplay begins before the bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, in the hugging and the, the kind words, you know, the thank yous or the oh, hair yeah. looks nice. Um, that helps men. If you're listening, that helps get my mindset and most of the women that I know mindset you know, in the right place for this, where there's an enjoyment that hopefully lasts more than five minutes. <laughs> right, right. Um, so when things are falling apart or there are major stressors going on, like illness or trouble at school, sex gets left in the dust. Um, it's it's almost like the brakes, you know, it puts the brakes on things like, who, you know, who's in the mood, right? I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's the easiest thing to take off the plate when your plate's full. It just mm. is. Poof. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the easiest thing to ignore when the time is tight. It's the most difficult, so difficult thing to reconnect after it's been a long time or there's been conflict. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not necessarily the right thing to ignore, though, right? I mean, having yeah. time alone to communicate and to be intimate should go at the top of the list. Uh, uh, and I'm not saying it's going to happen every day. I mean, you know, come on, come on, let's be real. Uh, it isn't really about the quantity. Sure. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, um, we don't have to be rabbits. No, but it's about the two of you being on the same page. Well, not even, I, I don't even want to say on the same page. It's really more about like, are you talking about it? That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry absolutely. for all the screaming. I'm sure. <laughs> like what? course when we're talking about this topic they have to be wild out there but anyway (laughs) of course distractions all right well i um think this was i i can't hear the screaming oh okay good yeah 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 all right so uh moving on to our next challenge thank god Parenting style. But see, I mean, these are things we need to talk about. I know we do. Our partners. And and I'm blushing uh, as we're talking about, but you know, it, 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 it's so important. So, but I'm glad we're moving on. Parenting styles. 
Holy Art Productions proudly presents Out of the Blue, Part 3. Sally Ann, you are never going to believe it. Henry, the guy from the farm, well, <laughs> we kind of fell in love. <sighs> well, then we had a huge fight and I sold him the farm. But when I was leaving the farm, he caught up to me on his horse, knelt down and asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. Oh my goodness, Tiffany, I am so excited for you. Well, you're not gonna believe what happened to me. I couldn't come up with the money to save the farm. And so I was at the airport, all set to go home and pack my things when Tyler showed up. He told me he bought the farm for me and he asked me to marry him at the airport and I said, yes. So crazy. Are you living in the city? I am. Tyler taught me how to love it. I'm staying. My brother will run the farm for me, so it's all okay. It's gonna work out. And I'm staying on the farm with Henry. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so parenting styles are another hurdle we have to jump through. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, We come into parenting with a certain degree of expectations on how we will raise our kids, right? Like what's that Mm -hmm. famous line? Most people say, I will never do this when (laughs) I have kids, you know, famous last words. Yeah. Um, And certainly when our child has autism, all that flies out the window. So yeah, can be a major issue for couples. Oh man, this is huge. And, and because parenting an autistic child has to be flexible, I mean, I, I say that as a general statement. For me, it has had to be really flexible uh, because yep. the more you know and all of that, but it's so hard to nail down the how-to manual for your kid. Right. Oh my goodness. It yes. Is. There's, I wouldn't say there's really a manual to raise any child. Hmm. Um, but with autistic children, there's new information coming out all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, most of what we do as parents is trial and error. Hmm. And our children are individuals. We have to remember that. So if it's like, oh, this new technique with your autistic child, it's like they're still a child, you know, like keep that yeah. in mind. They're not this, you know, uh, well, yeah, I mean, right. Or like, we're not, you know, dealing with like mice in a maze or something. Oh, Thank God. No. you. They eat every, every, they are human beings. Yeah. Yeah. That deserve to let their personality shine. Right. And right. some, some information and advice is great. And other information and advice needs to just go in the trash. Yeah, period. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, we're flexible about this. You and I, you know, we we do our research, we try things. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If you have a partner that sticks to their guns about how they think things should be without that flexibility, that is a relationship dumpster fire. Right, right. So bad. Yeah, because it's our kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for some, the way you raise your child is connected to, uh, to your culture, how you grew up, um, you know, a, a region of the country or the world, uh, you know, that's hard to break. Mm-hmm. And, um, many parents are having a hard time finding an answer to the question. How do we set up our child for success? 
Mm-hmm. Listen, and, and there are so many people out there with such a variety of life experiences. Again, it goes back to attachment style, the culture we were raised in, and communication. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. And parenting styles, when you're dealing with polar opposites in a partnership, it 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 can re- it could lead to the relationship destruction. Yeah, communication and learning are key here. Mm-hmm. So as parents, we need to know our child well enough to know what works. And if one parent is not willing to invest the time and the research in, in how best to help that individual child, I mean, it can be a mess, like a hot mess. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but couples therapy, is that the answer here? Yes. I mean, it can be for a lot of these topics, right? Um, if, if you find yourself in a situation where there's communication breakdown and a lot of, let's say, negativity and conflict, mm-hmm. you don't expect to figure this out alone. It's okay to get help. It's okay to have a third party uh, kind of give you a more and not to say like, you know, I don't know about the objective view, but to sort of help you reduce some of the heat around a topic so that you can speak with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe kind of deal with those attachment styles and having yes. a, a, mm-hmm. a referee. <laughs> maybe more than that, more than that. I mean, hopefully a couple's therapist will help a couple um, learn how to kind of deescalate and connect. Mm-hmm. Right. And then maybe and hopefully new, some new tools, right. New tools of how to do things differently if they don't know how to. Oh, that's beautiful. And so, you know, I, I, I just want to say this out loud. We are 100% advocates of therapy. I'm currently in therapy. Um, and, um, you know, just just do it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. There is nothing wrong with you if you need therapy. Oh, my God. You no. just need it no. to, to help yeah. you. So, mm-hmm. anyway... Uh, let's move on to a light and airy topic, <laughs> household management. So household management, hmm, and then this is mainly the person who does the scheduling and the chores, but it's also the delegation of financial management and just stuff that needs to be done to make a house survive. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Chores can be a hot topic for couples. Ooh, Ooh. baby. Uh, who does what and who does too much and who does too little. Yikes. This can lead to resentment, which is not good for a relationship. No, it's not. Um, I found that delegation of chores, it helps, but you know, you gotta have a partner that's willing to step up to the plate. Right. It does. I mean, it's, it's uh, generally, I don't know. I, is this how it is? Like one partner is tasked with the majority of the work, especially if there's one partner that works outside the home and the other one is, is at home. Yeah. Uh, We're we're doing some outdated gender role issues here too. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know for most couples if it's that cut and dry, but I do think we sometimes are, um, we're, we're still in a time of change. Let's put it that way. But I I don't know if we're fully there yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, just to be straight up honest, sorry, honey, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Um, there's definitely that, uh, stream kind of way under the subconscious going on there. Uh, Mm -hmm. but my husband has gotten way better at understanding 
that uh, the gender role issue. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm yeah. super proud of his growth oh. there. Okay, but that's we're not like there. You, you gave him a shout out rather than a. I know. <laughs> I love you, honey. Uh, but no, we're not there yet as a culture, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not there yet. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're let's let's say you are at home, right, and you're you know, I mean, it's 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 hard mentally and emotionally. There's like really no time off. Nope. Nope. Um, and it's been a big deal for my relationship. Uh, we are getting there. Here's the thing, Shani. I am just not, never have been, likely never will be a domestic goddess. Mm-hmm. And my husband's not a saint either. And my kid is super messy. And, you know, boom. Yeah. It's yeah. just an issue. Right. Yeah, it, it goes back to expectations and experiences. And uh, also, I'm a big proponent of giving ourselves a break about this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I just feel like, okay, are we going to, is it the end of the world if the laundry sits there, if the dishes aren't done that night? I mean, I know I'm not, maybe I'm, uh, this is an unpopular opinion. But if it's going to save my mental health and connection to my partner, right? I've I've really just lowered my expectations around messiness and that kind. Of, I'm gonna get to it when I get to it. All right, I'm gonna testify. There are clean clothes on my couch right now that have not been folded, and they mm-hmm. got there yesterday. Oh, oh, one day. Okay. You're doing I great. Know. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get it in under the wire before it's two days today. It's like a goal of mine. Yeah. Nice. Dun, okay. Dun, dun. <laughs> okay. The last topic, but before that, let's check back in our romance novel and found, find out how Sally Ann and Tiffany are faring. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, Sally Ann. Hey, Tiffany. How you doing? I'm I'm fine. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) No, I'm not. Tyler works all the time. He never talks to me. We hadn't had sex in three months. Three months! The kids are doing good, but they need me all the time, and I miss home. What did I do in my life? I know. Henry lives with the horses. He comes in, plops on the couch until bedtime. The kids are good, but they need me all the time too. And I miss home. What have we done? I don't know. Oh, Tiffany, we're strong women. We can do this. Okay, friendships. Let's talk about that. Okay, this is can be super hard for families with autistic children. Hmm. It is. And I have spent years finding the right friends that I can talk to about this life. And hmm. there's one hand is about how hmm. many I found. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so hard. And what has been harder for me at least, is finding friendships outside the community of parents of autistic children. 
um, to be honest, it's also hard to make friends inside the autism community. But I will say it takes it's like an extra effort Mm -hmm. when there are people who just don't quite understand this life. Mm -hmm. that they're mean about it. They just don't quite get it, you know? No, you got to live it to get it. And um, parents of typical kids, they they just, they don't. And I don't mean to be ugly. I I, I love my typical uh, parents of typical kids that are my friends. I love them. But um, there's another level of understanding when you are inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a judgment. It's just how it is. Right. I mean, yeah. So and making friends outside of marriage and parenting is difficult in and of itself. Right. But when you add on your partner, their personality, your child, their support needs, all of that, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. And it takes time to trust people. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I met at a nonprofit dance class for special needs kids. And um, of course, that meetup was a lifesaver for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. But even then it took us a couple of years to really connect. Right. Right. And, and even, even though it's been several years, our husbands are just now getting to know each other. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it's hard to be honest about this life. It it really makes you feel vulnerable. And sometimes being truthful is is just scary. Right. Like, are we going to get rejected? Is this going to be a person who just doesn't, you know, get it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but with time, I'm going to be honest, I'm not as concerned about that. Um, as a matter of fact, yeah, there's no room in my life for people who aren't flexible Mm -hmm. or accepting or willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so, it it is still important though, that friendships are a priority. We need that social outlet. Yeah. And we all need friends. Yes, we do. And Shani, I'm going to get a little sappy here, but there is honest to God, not a day that goes by that I am not so thankful for you. So oh. thankful. Oh, I, I got to say, violins. I know, but I got to say, I got to say ditto. I got to say ditto. Oh yeah, I, I know I can text you. Oh my God, the shit storm is coming <laughs> and you're going to be like, <laughs> I get it. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. I know. I don't, I may not even know what exactly is going on, but I, yeah. Yeah. been there. Yeah. yeah. I think I've called you crying and I know you've called me crying and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, right. you know what it is? It's a deep breath. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's try to give some tools out there for ourselves and for our listeners to try to help us connect more with our loves. I got your tools for the toolbox. You need a wrench and you need a hammer and you need a screwdriver. All right, Shani, kick us okay. off with some good tools. All right. So we, we've already said uh, couples counseling is a good idea if mm-hmm. you um, get to a place where you think you need it. Now, how do you know when you need it? All right. So I don't this is, know. Tell yeah. us, please. Well, so this is more of a guideline. And really the tool here is the counseling, mm-hmm. but the how to know when to call. Let me let me put it this way. So as a couples counselor, I will say people wait too long. If you're thinking about it, you've probably been thinking about it for a while. Right. right. And so um, it's that's probably means it's a good time to call. 
right? It's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to hurt you. I don't think unless you have a terrible counselor, but you know, <laughs> that's another, that's a whole other issue. Um, but there are some, let's, let's look at some definite signs, right? So okay. when conflicts, when you're noticing that conflicts are escalating mm-hmm. uh, and they're turning nasty mm-hmm. and there doesn't seem to kind of be a way out, right? Mm-hmm. They either just end at their height and you either just detach or explode, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in and of itself, it's not bad, but if there's no, um, like resolution. a resolution, if there's no resolution, if there's no repair, mm. that's what's important here. If there's no repair, that's a bad sign. You know, that, that means that, um, that neither of you are, you know, either able to, or have the tools to kind of come back together and work through it. Right. So you you may need to have some help. Um, if there starts to be, uh, trust issues, right. Like where you feel like you, your partner's just not going to be there for you emotionally or even physically, right. To help Mm -hmm. out or that kind of thing that can be kind of a red flag. Um, so, and, 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 you know, the trust starts to corrode when you're just feeling unsupported mm. uh, or emotionally dismissed by your partner. Mm. This can really lead to a lot of loneliness, um, you know, and, and then fear of opening up to them. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're feeling dismissed and rejected and unsupported, like, why would you then go ahead and open up to that person? Mm-hmm. Right. This yeah. is a, this, that's a big red flag, you know? Um, if you start, so now we're getting into the territory of like some major red flags. If you're noticing that you're lying a lot more in the relationship or withholding some truths, right. Uh, and it's starting to get easier to lie. Big, big red flag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, corrodes trust, uh, but also should be a a, a big sign that something is just not right. Mm. Um, now, We've talked about this, the sexual intimacy part. This can be a problem if, again, not in and of itself, but if you are not talking about it. So if you're having, you know, um, if there are like sexual problems in the relationship, it's not like, I mean, some good marriages go through that too, right? I, I, I look at it as a continuum. It, it right. kind of yeah. moves and ebbs and flows and sure. you know, the honeymoon period and such. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if they're not being addressed, this can be, you know, this can be an issue and really should be dealt with. Uh, And then a biggie here, affairs. I mean, that goes without saying. Right. I mean, hello. Yeah. 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 Now, if you're if you're going to go to couples counseling after an affair, let's say the affair does need to be over. That's what I will say. Like it cannot there cannot be much hope if you're trying to go to counseling and there's still an ongoing affair. Mm. So that's sort of like a. I would say that's kind of a black and white topic. I mean, you know, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. 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 So unless you're in a relationship that supports. Yeah. If it's uh, polyamorous relation. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a whole different issue. Right. Uh, I, we're not talking about that here. You yeah. know, that's it, it. So that's, that's a different topic. But um, the, within all of these that I just mentioned, there mm-hmm. is so much nuance Right. And to expect that you're going to navigate that alone is a lot. Now, I will say this. If your partner also recognizes that there are some issues 
and you guys are like, maybe you can't afford therapy. Uh, maybe there, for whatever reason, it's almost impossible to get to a therapist, um, which by the way, today I, I would say is not necessarily true. I mean, therapists are so accessible these days with telehealth and all of that. Yes. So, uh, you know, I don't know, but, um, I would say there probably would be some financial reasons why. It sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, so then I do have another tool you can use. And again, if both of you are willing to work, Mm -hmm. on this, right. And come together and say like, wow, we do have some issues, but we're both willing to work on this. Let's do it together. There's some wonderful books that can, you can use as guides Mm -hmm. and we will list those in the show notes, but just quickly here, um, John Gottman's the seven principles of, uh, making marriage work Mm -hmm. is excellent. And Mm -hmm. Sue Johnson, hold me tight. And both Mm -hmm. of them, both of them include, um, you know, kind of like a, it's, it's somewhat of a, like a workbook layout. Like it'll give okay. you exercises and things to do with your partner. And really both are pretty research based. So yeah. I, I highly well, recommend. I did look up Sue Johnson uh, when you told me about her and man, I was so inspired. Yeah. So yeah. inspired. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to add here, I don't think we have this in our toolbox, but um, you know, when you or your partner have, um, personal mental health issues. We're Mm -hmm. dealing with, uh, an anxiety disorder or a depressive disorder. Mm -hmm. Those things need to be considered too, when you're talking about communication and, um, good point behavior, things like that. And, um, you know, you can get personal therapists or you can come together and try to figure out, okay, if my wife, husband, wife, wife, whatever, uh, husband, husband, um, if, if they are in a depression, Mm. how can I communicate with them Mm. to let Mm. them know that they're loved and support this and help this situation for them? Right. I think that's important when you're dealing with, uh, another human being because we're Mm -hmm. all broken. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I would say just to add a little bit onto that, um, the partner who is experiencing mental health issues, um, if they're not willing to get help, um, that's going to put you in a really tough position and don't expect that you're going to change them or that you will be the one because you change yourself. That's can help them. And now if there are some, you know, slight tweaks and adjustments to be made in the relationship, of course, Just sometimes changing how we communicate or our tone or, you know, making little changes here and there can make a profound effect on the relationship. Yeah. Um, But or it may not. Right. But we're talking about like serious, you know, somebody is in a clinical depression or is bipolar or has some issues that really need a lot more support around Mm -hmm. that. Again, nothing wrong with this, but it's just about like, again, taking ownership for that, Mm -hmm. your own mental health issues. So it doesn't. So you're not expecting another person to kind of take care of this for you. Right. Uh, so this, it, this, it actually, I'm glad we talked about that because it's, it's, I think that's really important. Uh, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you know that about your partner, it does give you some power to go into our next tool, personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, take off the rose colored glasses. Your ass ain't perfect. <laughs> Tell it like it is. <laughs> I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Shani, sorry, yeah. honey. You're not perfect. Oh, I, oh, I already know that. I mean, yeah. 
You That's toss the glasses, yeah. uh-uh. trash them, stomp mm-hmm. on them. That's a big tool. And and grow. Yeah. Grow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Finding things outside of your uh, relationship too, right? So not to, again, and see how this all comes back to attachment styles, right? Like if you're, yes, a, dis- if you're a distancer, you might, or an avoidance, um, excuse me, like an avoid, more avoidant profile to hear, like, go find my own hobbies, my own friends. And I was like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. Right. <laughs> not exactly, not exactly here. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you're more on the anxious side of things, let's say, and putting a lot of uh, energy toward worrying about the relationship, maybe a great idea to reroute some of that energy to make it about like some personal growth, find ways to expand your social circle, your hobbies, oh, yeah. that kind of thing. So that your, your, your partner isn't, you know, the end all and be all. Right? Yeah. Not the center of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a balance. Yeah. Um, and your partner isn't your savior. Your partner yeah. isn't your enemy. Right. You know, right. there, yeah. there's a balance here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And please understand Shani and I, are not perfect at this. Mm-hmm. These are just things that we know from like, I'm an armchair like <laughs> psychologist. Right. She's an actual therapist that we've right. researched that have helped and, us. And I will you know. say, I'll tell my clients that are really struggling. I'm <laughs> not really better at this than you are. I just have more practice. Right. Yeah. And I just employ the tools as best I can. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, I'm human too. Do we yeah. not, do I not have conflict in my relationship? Of course I do. Of course, you know, and we, I don't do it perfectly, you know, and sometimes we don't do the repair right away. We do do it. And I do think that that's what helps us move forward and continue. And, you know, all the other things that we talked about, we try to implement. All right. And one more. So trying to use I statements in conflict or conversation when you're in the heat, um, using those I statements, it, you're taking some ownership for the reaction. You're taking Absolutely. some ownership of this. So um, can I give an example of how that might sound? I would love, okay. love some examples. Because yes. I think people are like, they've heard, or anybody who's been around, you know, therapy or psychology through the years or whatever has heard I statements, I statements, I statements. Like it's, you know, we kind of say it till we're blue in the face, but it does make a difference. It lands differently to the person receiving it. Yeah. I feel upset about fill in the blank, right? I feel upset that you came home late and didn't call to let me know. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate a text next time, mm-hmm. right? Now, there's no guarantee that your partner is going to receive it like, ooh, she's giving me a compliment. <laughs> I mean, it's not, yeah, it's still a complaint. Sure. But starting with, I feel upset. It's not you, you know, did this to me or it's your fault. You're not blaming, right? You're stating what the problem is and you're saying like, this is how it affects me. And here's my, here's my request, right? So it's sort of like you're giving that person some respect, right? Mm -hmm. But you're saying to them, look, this is not something that landed well with me. I have another example here. Yeah. Um, So say, um, and we all live in a digital world, we all have smartphones and we all use them probably more than we should. Um, I don't know, some of you out there may have a handle on this, but I certainly use mine more than I should. Um, 
But you could say something like, I feel neglected when. I feel neglected when you don't call me on your way home Mm -hmm. or when you don't put your phone down when Mm -hmm. we do have undistracted time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And I would appreciate, you know, I would appreciate if you put your phone down when we, when we talk right now, again, your partner may feel a little twinge of annoyance or whatever, (laughs) but it doesn't escalate generally. And this is what, again, this is a tool in the, it's like in the grand scheme of things, right? This is not going to solve every problem. If you're, you're having some of the more intense problems that we talked about, but yeah. it's a, it's a good starter. It's a good starting point. If you're like, I don't know what to do. What do I do? practice this? That's all. Yeah. And, and I think you, you're going to, you have a disclaimer at the first of the show about abusive situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you feel like you are in an abusive situation, uh, please reach out to um, the hotline that we will have in the show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you want to add to that anything, but I feel like we need to say that there. Right. Everything that we've talked about so far today, does I will say, doesn't quite apply two relationships that have that element of violence in them. Mm. That is a different type of approach that's mm-hmm. needed. And it actually can be a little more dangerous. It can escalate things. If you try and go get couples counseling together, mm. the, the abuse, the violence that needs to be handled first. Mm. And the person who is abusing, or maybe it's both of you, they need individual therapy. Uh, and then if there's a way to, you know, recover the relationship, that's when you can do that. But the, the abuse really, the, the violence really does need to be handled yeah. first. Or manipulation, you know, because there's exactly. the emotional. Right. Yeah. right. And if, if you think that that's happening in your relationship, I would definitely make that call. Yeah. And we'll listen. Yeah, go to a therapist and say, Hey, this is what's happening. Right. Am I it, by, it, individually, individually. Right. Yeah. And do it in a place where like you, you feel safe or even use a friend's phone. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. A call because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, these situations or, can get real tricky. If you, if you go to McDonald's, they've got a phone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for us to recap this lovely and so much fun episode. <laughs> it's time to review your notes for the pop quiz or life. Okay, on today's show, we did talk about relationships, and uh, we talked about six particular areas where relationships can kind of go south. Um, Number one, attachment styles. Number two, money. Three, sex and alone time. Uh, Four, parenting styles. Number five, running a household. And number six, friendships. So with attachment styles, we are talking about the three different uh, styles of attachment. So those were secure, avoidant, and anxious, and how basically they do apply uh, to your life from the cradle to the grave. So, you know, the attachment styles that you had with your caregivers and then with your romantic partner later in life. And we talked about money, how finances and talking about finances and budgeting your finances 
um, can really be stressful and could be a powder keg for your relationship. Sex and alone time was another I'm glad area. you got this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you know, we get we got to get comfortable talking about this stuff, right? Which, oh, which was one of the things that we we had mentioned, right? That that really this is about whether you're having issues or or not not having issues, being able to communicate it about about it, being able to communicate about this stuff is just so important, right? Yeah. Um, and that it you is. know, raising being in this type of life when when you're raising kids, autistic kids, you know, there, it may be tough to, ha- to get some of that alone time, those connection, the intimacy mm-hmm. and um, figuring that out uh, really does need to be a priority. And then we talked about parenting styles um, and how uh, when you're parenting an autistic child, you need to be flexible. Um, there's a lot of learning that goes into it, learning the child, per, the, their personality, and then learning more about autism and how the brain works for your child. But when that really can be a problem is when there's one flexible partner and one partner that is inflexible and not willing to learn and, um, and, and change. You got right. a big, big problem there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we talked about running a household, right? So like who does what, uh, who does how much resentments that can build up the stress of managing everything, um, gender roles, outdated gender roles covered all of that as well. Yeah. And then we talked about friendships and how hard it can be for us to individually have friendships with, uh, either other parents of autistic kids or just other parents of typically developing kids and then how hard it can be to have friendships as a couple. Right. Right. And the effort that it takes. Lots of time and effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And trust. Yeah. Some of the tools that we suggested and talked about were uh, marriage counseling and how to identify whether you're at that place where you need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. We, Mm -hmm. We talked about a couple books, uh, John Gottman's book, Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, and Sue Johnson's Hold Me Tight. If you want to know more about attachment styles and what that means for your relationships, uh, look into the book Attached. Uh, Do you know who the author of that book is? Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Amira Levine and Rachel Heller. Okay, wonderful. And then we, we talked about, you know, Smash the rose-colored glasses. Take a look at yourself. Um, where are some areas where you think you can do better in the relationship? That'll certainly help. Maybe. Right, right. Yep. And then very simply to start incorporating I statements. And I say it very simply like, oh, it's so easy. Oh, it's so easy. <laughs> just do it. But how about just practice? Yeah. I think that's a really, really good episode, Shani. I hope so. Ooh, I like it. I I think it's a really important episode because I think that uh, we do seem to uh, have a little bit harder of a time uh, connecting with our partner with so much going on. And uh, yeah, yay. And so, Shani, I'm so excited. We have completed our first season of Thrive Underwater. I can't even believe it. Wow. Wow. Uh, If... I, I wish our listeners actually knew the hurdles that we had to go through to get to this <laughs> I know. point. I know. I, it's, my child's been homebound. Oh, we make it seem so easy, right? I know. We are slick. 
But yeah, I, we're going to take a break for the holiday, you know, kind of, uh, I'm going to catch up on some things that I need to do yeah. and yeah. just be with family mm-hmm. and, you know, just, we're going to come back. Take and it easy. Come back for season two. So I appreciate everybody that's listened so far. Thank you oh, so yes. much. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for all your feedback and your kind words and messages and questions and mm-hmm. keep them coming, please. Oh, absolutely. Because we're doing this for you. We're doing this for us. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I don't love doing this because I do. But, you know, we're really doing it's a labor of love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a nice holiday. And see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if all this is too much to remember because you're busy treading water, check out our website at www.thriveunderwater.com. We have links to our shows, social media, blogs, resources. You can sign up for our newsletter and support our podcast. Thanks again and keep on thriving. Keep on thriving.